to my listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. No new episode this week. But what I do have for you is, technically speaking, technically speaking, um, one final episode centered around unconventional life paths. Um, this time last year, uh, my friend Babs released an episode, the start of her own YouTube channel entitled Vibes in Vino. And she had me as her first guest. And I realized I never actually put out this video on my own channels. And I really enjoyed making this episode with her. She's just relaunched the same, the same channel. Uh, she released an episode this, this past week. And I thought it'd be appropriate to, you know, share it on mine as well, make you guys aware of it. I, I like to think that it has a lot of mileage in it, uh, should she commit to it. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. If you haven't already heard it, of course. Um, I've been on YouTube as well. So yeah, give it a look, give it a listen. Enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Vibes and Vino. My name is Babs, no, aka. Yes, yes, clap. Yes, clap. Who's laughing? I laughed in silence. I laughed in silence. I kept it pushing. I don't do that again. Hey, hey. Hey, no, no. I got what he was doing. I got what he was doing. She's not even on the mic. No. I didn't even Prepare us next time. I didn't even chuckling in the background. No. <laughs> okay, so he's gonna clap so that everything is This is what I have left, okay? You thought you should clap in your punch. Are you taking the piss? You've taken the piss. Did you see what I said the other day about no one on YouTube takes me less seriously? Yes! He's working here. Okay. Ready now. Yeah, yeah. No, that was good, actually. Good. Ooh. Tension's gone. I like it. Okay, yeah. Let's so push. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, that's too much. Let's just, okay. shut up. Let's just cook. Take two. Yo, good afternoon, everybody. This is Vibes and Vino. My name is Babs, aka Babalo, is the full name. Atosa An in SA, just trying to do her thing. This is episode one of Unconventional is the New Happy. I'm trying to think if I should make it unconventional is the new healthy, but I, I figure it's like the same thing. Um, just to introduce my guest, this is Kanya, aka LLM, aka. Who would you tell? AKA. AKA Slashes. AKA. There's many, many names. Yeah. Very, very many, many names. And I'm really glad that you came through. Um, this is my first, you yeah. know, my yeah. first ride. No, I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me as well. Nice to be on camera. Honestly, I, I like the idea of like, you know, me, like my face Engaging. everywhere. So, you know, no shout out to you. Yeah, Appreciate my hands are sweaty, dog. It's okay. Please, <laughs> grow up. It happens. I'll grow up. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so just to hop right into it. Um, like I said, today's discussion um, podcast for those that are listening. But I also wanted this to be a visual experience just so that, you know, we vibing. You know, we got our vino and everything. Kanye has his water, but he is going to switch soon. Don't worry, I won't be alone. Um, but I don't mind either. But yeah, like just catching up on that topic, like unconventional. I think that's like a theme that like 
as millennials, like we're experiencing, we're living and breathing. Um, I'm in the arts industry, entertainment industry, and I think it's very hard to navigate what it looks like in reality, especially being financially stable, etc. So I want to know from you, actually, because this is how this whole thing started. Like the other day, we were in studio with our friend um, Nash. This is this beautiful studio that we're using. Shout out. Um, and we were chatting just about dating and like, you know, heartbreak and whatever. And like, we got into the super engaging chat where I just got to hear a lot of um, Kanye's experiences in, you know, his experiences in dating and, you know, how it just, it's been sore. And it's just interesting to hear like how guys experience um, life um, in, the, in 2022 and how hard it is to find love. So I think that's where we're going with the first angle, um, just in this space of feeling unsure of a lot of things. Um, what is your take in terms of the dating world, in terms of being a millennial, finding love? I think people take dating too seriously for the most part, especially when you talk about the fact that you are pursuing this unconventional path where there's so little stability generally kind of looking for it in a partner. Mm. And I think that's counterintuitive. You kind of need to be able to stand on your own, like stand on your own two feet and figure out who you are by yourself, fundamentally. I think for me, dating has been weird because it's never really made sense to me. Like, <laughs> Why? Because, I, I don't know, it's like I, I live at home, mate. Like, yeah. like, like how, how are we really dating? Like, at the end of the day, my, my life is exactly the same. I go home, I... I must, I must speak to the people who pay, who pay for where I live. Like, no, you, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't feel like this part, this big part of my life. You feel like a person who I enjoy. Like, you feel like another friend, really. I feel you. And like, I we're, think not, we're not building a house together in the next year or so in my situation. I hear situation. you. And so. I think that that's like the expectations that we've missed. Like, like, if you think about it, like, our parents at like 19 mm. were married. They had kids. Mm. They... They were sorted. They just figured out life and stuff. So have you ever felt like you've had to sort of re... Like mirror that sort of thing? Do you feel those pressures? So when I was like 16, I did foolishly think by like... By like 24, 23, maybe I'll have a house. I'll have like my own place. Which is necessarily impossible. Is that a foolish thought? Not, not necessarily foolish, but like... As I've gotten older and kind of looked at like... What my life is like in comparison to... My mom's life, for example. It's just like doesn't really look like something that would fit. And I don't think it necessarily fit her at the time either because she needs to study and go further. Like she, had, she, had, she had me at, I think, 25. Okay. And, you know, like, roles reversed. If I was having a kid now, I couldn't be starving. <laughs> no, facts. Like, facts. And, facts, and facts. Even, even if I was financially well off, I don't think I liked, I don't think I liked who I was even, like, enough, even a year ago, or sure enough of myself even a year ago to be wanting to raise a child. That's a lot. That's a lot of responsibility. I kind of like the idea that, you know, I don't have to have everything and all my ducks in a row right now. I'm not necessarily looking for that either. I don't need to find that another person. I kind of want to build up my own life and then I'd like my person to fit that. And right now, when it's so undefined, it's unnecessary. So do you think that dating equals stability? Like, For some people. Okay, so you mentioned, okay, cool. So you mentioned a house, for example, is mm. like not the ideal situation because this feels like a friend, essentially. I think 
personally for you, mm. you feel like it may not, but like for me, for instance, mm. I live at home with my yeah. parents and my siblings yeah. and I'm dating. Mm. And for me, I'm like, yeah, like this is a communication like I'll have with my partner to be like, hey, dude, this is my situation right now. But I feel like it shouldn't take away from the romance and the experience. No, there's, there's definitely room for the romance. I just think there shouldn't be this make or break pressure in those kinds of situations. Yeah. Like, I feel like because you know that my current living situation is still going to change. I'm still trying to figure certain things out. Like what I want as a job can change in the next year or two. Mm. Right. Like knowing that for myself, it's like. Dude, I, I don't know. I can't promise you that in three years' time we will have this house. I might be setting up a season three years' time, mm. and th- then the relationship is dust. And, it's like, and I'm I almost led you on. It's just like no, you have to understand that we're doing this relationship thing three months at a time. So yeah. We, we got to do the check-ins. We need to really know where where we are. I don't I don't think a lot of people know exactly who they are all of the time. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, everyone's still figuring that out, mm. and I'm kind of at peace with that in a romantic sense. Okay. Yeah. And also, what the? I think we should leave it like where where it is for the whole thing. I think one take now because I know that's what the other. Oh, you oh you gonna yeah, position we'll, that we'll, one? We'll cut in between these ones. We can reposition that one. Yeah, I, I left it there because I don't want, I don't want to hold that one. Okay, so I was just gonna say just lean forward when you speak. Okay. And look at the camera in bit like just glance at the camera. Now and then. Yeah. Okay. So continue after that. We'll just cut that part. I'll leave it before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, take three. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I think what I gather here is that dating for you, and I think, you know, even to our listeners, like, I hope that when you see dating, you shouldn't see it as like a black and white sort of construct. Like, it, it isn't a thing that should be, this is how it is for 12 months and then this is how it should be in the next year and i think that sometimes it's really difficult to actually do that and come to grips with reality and and sometimes we shy away from being honest to our partners sometimes we shy away from like you know living our truths and i think essentially like bringing in the topic of being unconventional like it is super unconventional to hear that like at in our day and age we have folks our age that live at home. I live at home, you know, and for me, I'm like, it's embarrassing, but really, is it? I'm not sure, you know? Living rent-free can't be embarrassing, I won't lie. I'm, I'm very content and like grateful if that's the case. Yeah. Because the alternative is crazy. I hear you. Like, I don't know, I, I feel like if you are <clears throat> fortunate enough to not have to pay your rent, that early on it shouldn't be something that you're embarrassed about you get a, a bigger like a greater chance to build the foundation for yourself as opposed to pressuring yourself and like rushing to reach these goals because when you get the place then what what's the next big thing that will then make you or validate you and say that you're mature that you are no you can be you can be mature you can be at home and you can still work towards it bit by bit what got you to that space of like state of mind covid COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stuck at home. Um, well, brought home forcibly against my will. I, I must, I must state that. Where were I, you? I, we were in Cape Town. Oh, heck. I was, I was in final year. Um, there was news about lockdown. Went home foolishly thinking two weeks I'll be back in Cape Town. And I, it wasn't two weeks, it was the entire year. Um, and yeah, then I went from having an apartment to being at home 
and having zero free will. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I if I tried to leave the house, it was an obstacle. To, yeah, to put it lightly, because there are rules. Yeah, there's rules again. This is not your house. This is not your home. Yeah, you know, for the for the first time in years, there were real real rules, and I didn't really have a say because this is for your safety. But as as time went on, I kind of came to. And like a, like a like a happier place with it that like my situation could be much much worse. Mm. Like it's it's a very it's a very nice thing to be able to complain about that. Oh, I'm stuck at home. It's like nah, there's no rent. You're not gonna get evicted. Like you know, unless you fuck up. But that's that, that's not my yeah. yeah. That's not a fear of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And like career wise, like moving to like what you're doing now. Like I bought you on personally because. You're a talker. If there's one thing about this LLM over here <laughs> is that he chops and chops and t- and speaks very well, mind you. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> very dope to listen to. Very dope to have conversations with that are like that require emotional intelligence. That's something that's clutch for me, especially um, speaking to guys. Like personally, like my experience. Um, it's really dope to have conversations that go above like surface level things and hence why i'll mention again like what really pushed me to this first episode was because i just got to have a real real conversation with you in a really fun space and it wasn't surface level it was really cool and i enjoyed that but yeah like moving towards like what you're doing now i know you've touched base on you being in podcasts and i'm really inspired by that it's driven me to start so we've started and i think you're a pivotal um, being in this whole thing um, for me to start and I want to know what's going on with you what led you here and why besides the fact that you like chopping <laughs> um, so sorry sorry this thing is going to cut recording soon so let me just pause it there and then you'll answer um, I need to reset both wait was that 20 minutes it's 17 so okay might, that's still back though See, I told you. Yeah, yeah. Don't know about your eight minutes. No, we're gonna, we're gonna cut. No, I think you can, cause I've been recording literally since they sat down. Oh, okay. Also, trying, trying to speak with what these recent mouths crazy. Yeah, I've been covering you. I've been covering you. I was like, yeah, excuse me. No, no, that was. My goodness, that was testing me. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. You've been sounding very Mike Tyson y. No, that's crazy at first. I won't lie. I spent my life. I'm starting the recording again. I'm gonna leave that mic on. Yeah. Alright. You know the question, eh? No. I'll re ask it. Okay. Oh, how to get you? Okay, yeah. Take four. So, leaning on what you what you mentioned earlier about um, knowing what you want in comparison to your parents, um, when I was like 19, and knew I wanted to study journalism and like move okay. towards media, um, I didn't study that because I was advised that a better path might be, you know, the law degree, as is often advised. By like the end of first year or maybe second year, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to do that. Did you find um, it hard? Was it hard? Then, like I, studying that, like the actual... No, it's, it's the idea of it. Like I was just aware it's not what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Like when I really sat down and looked at myself, I was like, that's not what moves me most. Mm. Um, so 
around the age of like 21, I started thinking about like practically what would I want to be doing like every single day because the idea of like a full-time job was like getting closer and closer. I was just mm-hmm. like, dude, you need to know exactly what you want. You need to have all of this figured out. And I guess the pressure from that kind of made me like just sit with myself a bit more and yeah. just like really think about what I like doing. And like I started like just looking for like my influences and with football being a big one, I kind of came to the realization that I want to, I don't know, formalize that in one way or another. Like I'd love to put like, for example, I don't like the ceiling isn't to work for super sport, but I often used, I, I could watch like panelists, for example, and I think to myself, I, I know more than that guy. Yeah. I come across a lot better than that guy. And, yeah. Um, as I started doing the podcast and like, like speaking more formally, I've kind of just, like done more and more to move towards that direction and gonna be looking towards studying journalism and dope. just working in media as a well. whole. Dope, yeah. dope. Um, I'd just like to touch base on figuring out what you want. Um, I think it's important to highlight how not doing what you want affects your mental health and how it can drive anxiety and how it can drive just not excelling in your life socially spiritually emotionally and like for you did you have to look at your mental health and question it at the time when you knew you didn't want to do something and from that like where would you say your mental health plays a role in you know stepping in this new journey and like where is it sitting now so if you asked me this question a year ago i'd have gotten on a ramble because i was working somewhere where the work i was doing was good good work i'd say like Mm. Like, I liked what the company stood for, I still do. But I just kind of, I, I could feel that I wasn't as driven as I'd be if I was doing something else. Like, I felt like, almost like I was holding myself back a little bit. Like, there's, yeah. like there's somewhere else I could be. I didn't, I didn't know for sure at the time. Because, obviously, like, a stable, steady 9 to 5 job versus... Like, Figuring life out. <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to try yeah. and, like want for yourself to say I just want time to just think because that's that's not fun if you are at this age and thinking you need to be a certain kind of person you need to be at a certain point in your life um so I was anxious I was anxious I was, like a lot of last year there was like a lot of fear about if I don't do this what am I going to do because mm. you, you have your degree now are you going to study further but at the time I was thinking of studying something else if I got if I got my postgrad degree and it still wouldn't have necessarily led me towards a career I'm sure about. Um, so, in a way, I'm kind of grateful for it as well. I, I think you need to have those doubts. You need to be afraid. You need you, like, you need to sit with yourself. You need yeah. to, you need to like, you can't just do nothing as well. Yeah. Like even if you are unsure, it's best to be trying something just so you gain a bit of clarity that you've started this and you know that this isn't for you at the very least, as opposed to doing nothing because there's nothing that you like. That's that's childish. You like give give yourself give yourself a chance as well to learn in a different environment, to interact with other kinds of people, to think that you will just suddenly know the answers, I think naive. Mm. Like it's a process. You have yeah. to do various things to try and, you know, suss out exactly what you'd like for yourself. So yeah, I kind of I kinda of stumbled into it. There are things I for the most part I can say now I've always known, like deep down, but no, I, I, I looked at other things first. Mm. Like I, I engaged other things to try and make sure that this is, this is like the, the, the path I'm ready to dedicate myself to. Yeah. Yeah. And how does it feel? Amazing. 
Yeah. I think this is probably the most I've liked myself, like wow. in my entire life right now. Wow. I think I've never been more sure of myself. I've Shout never out. been. Shout out. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never been like happier to be me in my entire life, mm. which is very weird given like how most of this year has been. It's just like, yeah, like I have a very firm idea of who I am, what I want for myself, what I'm trying to do. And a lot of it's actually going quite well. So it's just like, yeah, this is what I should Cheers be doing. Cheers to that. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that's really beautiful. Um, I think everyone should feel encouraged listening and watching. Just to know that the unconventional route, even if it feels sort of, and I think we always do this, we always like race ourselves, even with our peers. And Mm. I think that's also where we fall into the pits of anxiety. And is it the right route for me? Because we all did law together and now like you're enjoying law, but like, I don't want to do this, you know? And essentially this is how you want to feel. You want to feel like, I am me, and I like me, and I love me. Yeah, you have to use yourself as a reference point. Yeah. Like, judging someone else's, like, relative happiness versus yours doesn't make sense. Like, Zero. Everyone else's situation is entirely different to you. Zero. Like, it's not it's not going to help you to yeah. look at the next person and say, no, they did this and they're happy. It's like, that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like, you, you're, you're, you are different for a reason. Facts, you are different for a reason. That's a quote. I'm going to put that in the caption. You are different for a reason. And I think just to close in, just to thank you for, you know, sharing your time and your your mental space. I think a lot of people are in a lot of spaces and shells where they still are in the journey of figuring out what it takes for their best selves to shine. And you're on the path where you figured out where your best self, um, you know, emulates in everything that you do. Yeah. And I wish that for everyone. Um, I know I started this journey as well just to explore um, just like all the facets of speaking, engaging, my my passion for mental health, my passion for just um, being a compassionate person and hearing someone else's point of view. And I think, you know, when you're listening, when you're hearing this conversation, if there's any... Oh, you got your hand up. Well, you say you have a passion for sharing. Huh? Would you say you have a passion for sharing? Yes. Yes. Louder, please. <laughs> um, okay, well, shucks, I've been put on the spot. Um, well, okay, so I, I guess I'll start with... Um, sure. Okay, 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 I got you. Don't ever think it. Okay, okay. So I'll start with... Um, the kind of person I used to be um, and the person that I am now and my core values and the kind of person that I've always been in my life, in my family life is like a rescuer. So like the sib- the last born of the house that just knows what to say when things are going wrong yeah. um, with my parents, with my siblings. Um, I've witnessed hectic failures in my family And so that put a lot of pressure on me just to not fail. And my fear of failing became almost my identity at some point. And it drove me to be a super insecure person. And shout out to my bestie P-Ware. I met her in first year and she was just a breath of fresh air in terms of 
exuding confidence. Um, I didn't know what her journey was or whatever, but it was really refreshing for me to leave my household at the time. And I was very blessed to, you know, go study in Cape Town and stuff. But like when that happened, I just got to experience a me outside of saving and outside of, you know, pleasing, like yeah. people pleasing. Yeah. Um, I got to experience a me that was going to be embraced by others in a, in a way that people wanted to know who I am. And I was like, oh my God, like it's about me, you know? And that sort of turned into a journey of, I was doing the unconventional route. One, I fell into this situation in high school where I was in this hectic cult. And that is another story for another episode. <laughs> But just yeah. popping color is crazy. So yeah, this like, is a side bar. I felt yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah, yeah like dude, it, it was just it was, sprinkled. It was that. hectic. <laughs> it was hectic. But I was a really passionate drama student, like mm. for all my days. Like I've been, you know, really good provincially. I'd do the one act plays. I'd i it was the thing that was just shining no matter where my life was. Drama was just where was my escape and it was something I enjoyed because it was like a people watching thing and sort of just understanding stories and people and why people work and how they psyche navigate and stuff. So I would always just enjoy that aspect of it. And then everyone from my school just sort of joined the corporate degrees. I didn't go to a government uni. I went to the private film school, which wasn't cool at the time was like what are you doing like mm. why are you doing arts and like all my mates were doing you know become accounting mm. <laughs> you you know i'm telling my my parents like oh what are your friends doing and everyone else is doing everything else except for what i'm doing mm. so it was uncomfortable and like i was embarrassed at, at some point because no one even knew what after was when i used to tell them i go to after they were like what's that mm. i go to uct and it was just like Othering. You know, yeah, like it was just like, it was just so uncomfortable. But then the more and more I became closer to my friends and invited them to my plays, they just like were like, dude, this is so cool. Like, damn, I wish I was doing something that I wanted to do, bro. Mm. I'm just doing this because I was, I got good grades for this, whatever. Well, I'm just doing this because of that. And half of my friends have done all like 180 degrees of changing their career choices and it felt awkward at the time when I was doing my journey but I'm now I guess eight years in and I still haven't established myself but I've put all my heart and soul on it I'm not going to give up on it but it was super unconventional until I started to see how much it feeds me and how much it teaches me because you learn about psychology and that was like my second option I was going to do psych psychology if anything but because of my cult experience my grades weren't right for it so you know it all worked out womp womp Mm. but um yeah so like after realizing that acting and it's not just acting it's not just standing in front of a camera and just looking cute um it's about empathizing with another human being and relaying that truth of that other being and to do that requires such humility um and skill and practice um and it's a specialty like that you acquire like a proper skill that you acquire to do that so the person that i am mixed with 
you know, attaining the skills to do so just sort of work because I love understanding people. I love showing compassion. I love putting myself, taking myself, putting someone else's shoes on, whatever the saying is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Taking my shoes off and wearing yours. I love doing that because it just gives me sight of like reality, life itself. And just better perspective. Yeah. 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 So like I rambled, mm. but no, that was my you, that was you, my you, ha- you, ha- you have energy to share, and that's that's good. Yeah. That's that's a good base to have if you want to try and connect with people. And I understand why you didn't want to have a podcast in the first place to kind of showcase that and to help connect with other people, you know, and just also just give them a chance to, to I guess, put themselves into your position or to whoever else you host as well, and just. Yeah, I like it. In the listener's position. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like a... Construction. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, Don't you want to wrap up after this? Yeah, I was going to say... It's getting worse. It's just... It's coming. It's very slow. Dude, he's going. He's doing a mantra. Should I close this thing? No, it's going to be so dark. Yeah. Okay. I think you should. I'll shout. Hey? I'll shout. Okay, it's fine. I'll leave everything as. I'll, I'll fix it in post. It's fine. So let's just do a wrap up. You're there. Cold, 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 cold. No, no, like I'll show you. I, I mean, I'll tell you about it. It's so hectic. you like a cult. Question from the audience. Yes. While we're here. Question from the audience. Yeah, what's up? What has been your favorite part of this journey? self-discovery and mental health the part that I guess is because the whole point is that this discovery is not fun mm. but there has to have been some fun parts what has been the fun part of that who's thinking you and me me both of you you guys are both at different points uh, see, I, my, my, my answer feels like a cop-out right now <laughs> <laughs> like now that I'm comfortable now that I'm like yeah I know what I want to do now that I'm not that stressed about oh what's next like okay I'm better lie I am stressed about what's next, but not, <laughs> not in the same way. Like, the route isn't necessarily like the clearest, but I know exactly what I want. I know, I know more or less how to get to, how to position myself better. So, getting to this point has been great. If I have to answer it in the, in the way you really want to know, um, I guess just speaking to my friends and knowing that I'm not entirely alone, like that there are people who are. People gonna say the same thing. Like, who, like even if I don't necessarily know that well, like just like seeing other people succeed in what I'm trying to do, like just seeing that along the way is really reaffirming. Cause it's like no, it's like push, push. Like there's there's a lot to gain in like actually putting yourself out there. Like and you speak to those people and you you give them your idea and they're like no, dude. Like getting that encouragement from like a random person often helps quite a lot. Cause when you try and express an idea about something that you're really passionate about to someone who's really close to you, you can end up getting getting told that, no, you should do it, you should do it. Like, in a weird way, getting encouragement from people that I'm close to sometimes doesn't help because I kind of feel like you wouldn't tell me to leave it because you know how much I care. When you speak mm-hmm. to someone who isn't as close to you and they can see the value in what you're trying to do, it's a lot easier to kind of back yourself. It's just like, no, man, this person who has no, no real reason to believe in this outside of the fact that there's, there might be genuine value in it. So I guess, yeah, seeing, seeing and speaking to other people has helped a lot. And that's, that's been fun. 
like getting encouragement has been yeah along the way has been really cool i think i'll say the same mm. um just like a safe space of friends i've had really close knit of good people in my life and i was blessed to have that i mean some were stinky and i had to chase them out and that is a part of <laughs> that is a part of growing up and finding who you are <laughs> dude it's a part of it calling dude. your friends stinky is tough though <laughs> like ex, ex friends are that's that's a tough description i don't know if i don't be called stinky even if you're not boys i don't know if you can say i'm stinky yeah that's that's a tough one to hold i won't lie it's i won't lie there, there are there are some people in your life that permeate into your life in a, such a negative way that you, you you will never be your best self unless you remove it and like literally uproot the thing out and that's why i'll say i had some stinky friends bro mm, no you, you're tough <laughs> i did and there's certain friends now that i've kept along the way and there's certain friends even in my profession that i'm making and like i will agree with you and say like yeah like speaking to those people that don't really know you and are not trying to comfort and console your feelings is great but i would say um i think i'm on the same page with my friends in, ter- in terms of a safe space in terms of a space to be called out in terms of a space where it's like hey this is not working for you bro pick up you know there was a point i was telling one of my friends to register his business and actually get it registered because that's what you're gonna have to do to like make money. And I pushed him and pushed him. And then one day he was like, hey dude, it's registered, you know, I did it. And it was like, these are the things that I think friends should be cognizant of. Like your career path is also important and not just your feelings, but actually succeeding, like pushing your friends up and making sure that actually you hold them accountable and you know how much potential they have. So I had friends like that. And I think just having the safe space where I had my corporate friend degrees watching me doing an experimental play where I was dressed like in whatever and then being like woo like it was really like encouraging it was I knew that's what I wanted to do but it was just cool to see from their perspective that they could appreciate art at the time and like now they were so informed because we've gotten to sit and talk and now we were sort of almost meshing in each other's industries which was so cool you know like the way we assist each other the way we help each other out another question from the audience oh, just a pause. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> too excited because <laughs> you uh, said help you, okay yeah take five what am i saying uh just continue from having friends that can help each other out and then friends. close now no just yeah oh, maybe you want to okay. just go from there so having friends that help each other out so I guess, I guess like the happiest moments in the ugliness of trying to figure out who I am is that I always have had a safe net of good people that were holding me when I was feeling super insecure. I mean, audition to audition is not a nice life. Mm. It's ghetto. No, job, job interviews generally, it's not a, it's not a swag it's thing. It's ghetto. It feels like begging, saying, please, <laughs> I, I, I really want this, this chance. I, it's not a, it's not a very confidence, no. it's not an inspiring no, it's like, not. Like experience. Yeah. No, it's not. And then it makes you feel like you have all these certificates and things for what? And hoping that someone else has less. <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's a very weird place to be in. It's Just so weird. It's so weird. And for me, I went through the same experience. I was in LA, COVID happened. 
And then I had to, I mean, I did do a bit of COVID there and I was hustling out a bit and then I had to come because it was getting really lit. And when I came, the reality was, well, your industry isn't thriving right now. So what now? Mm. And do I give up on this whole thing? Do I... So I don't want to like put you in that position, but if you had to like have completely shelved it, what do you think you'd have done? Psychology. Like immediately. Yeah. Like that's that's you. That's but psychology. Would... Psychology, and then what? You get the degree, and then you would have what done what with that? I think I probably would have like hosted like that's another thing. Like I I started this thing called Baddie Bootcamp. Shout out, and it was a thing of like a fitness sort of space. Like my big dream, I think, would be like to have a wellness center. Mm-hmm. Um, where it doesn't cost too much to attend, where people can exercise and get access to um, psychologists, anger management classes and things like that. Mm. Um, so not that I'd be like a mo- motivational speaker in, those th- in that thing, but like I would, I would be like a facilitator to Yeah, that. for those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Why are you laughing? No, because I, I have a, a bunch of different reasons laid. I'll explain off camera. All right, so just to wrap it up, um, thank you again for shedding light on what it is to to journey in life and to find out, you know, what it took to be who you are and what the journey is still to come and that there's a positive outlook that you can still have even though life is like this, um, left and right and up and down. As long as you know in your heart that you're in the space that defines and brings out the best in you, you're on the right track, essentially. And for me, that is super unconventional, especially in our generation. So I will wrap up and say, unconventionals and you're happy. One, two, three. Unconventionals and you're happy. (laughs) Thank you, guys. <laughs> you didn't do it with me. Happy to be here. No, because <laughs> the way you whispered, he threw me off. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> we did it. Oh yeah, I thought it was his dad.